The world around us is changing faster than ever before. From automation, artificial intelligence, big data, geolocation, to every aspect of how we work and live. This includes data. Welcome to Data Gurus Podcast. Our mission is to bring you a real-life perspective on what's happening in the industry and how successful companies and individuals in this niche navigate through the sea of change. Encouraging you to be bold, be brave, and be fearless. Let's navigate the data ecosystem together. Welcome to the Data Gurus Podcast. This is Seema Vasu, your host of Data Gurus. I want to do a shout out to Paradigm Sample, which is one of the leaders in the online data collection space. Paradigm distinguishes itself with its relentless spirit to deliver unparalleled service, data quality, and reach. To learn more, please visit Paradigm's website at www.paradigmsample.com. Okay, back to the show. Today, we have a special treat. I have a two-part series with Meryl Dubrow, CEO and president of Mark Research. Typically, we keep our episodes to about 20 minutes. And with my chat with Meryl, as we were editing it, there was just too much good stuff. So we decided to create a two-part series. Take a listen to part one of my talk with Meryl Dubrow. Welcome, Meryl. Thanks, Seema. It is a pleasure being a guest in your podcast. I, I couldn't be any more excited this morning. Thank you. Thank you. So let's get into it. There's been so much going on this week and last last couple of months in our industry. You know, let, let's first start by the definition of the industry. You and I have spoken. There's so much change going on in terms of the blurring of lines as it relates to DIY research, as it relates to the latest announcement of, you know, Bain Capital buying uh, part of Kantar, so management consulting, being more data-driven. What is your take on what's going on in the industry? How do you kind of rationalize all of this in your mind? I think it's meeting client demands directly, head on. So if you think about a lot of what's happened um, with a lot of do-it-yourself platforms, I think that's really exploded in the past few years. Um, and, and I think that Zappy sort of started that charge and they've done an amazing job. And, and look, level set a little bit. We have a a terrific relationship with Zappy. Um, and I consider, you know, Ryan Berry, um, you know, one of the, one of the innovators in the inside space today. And I think what they did was amazing. So when you sit back and we've heard for years and years and years, Seema, that clients want things a lot quicker. They want them a lot less expensive means to some extent cheap. And they really, but what they really want is forward thinking insight. They don't want, you know, large trackers that we all had have, there's, there's still some of them, but a, a number of them have gotten gone away or gotten smaller because they weren't meeting client demands. So client demands, they really want stuff from a time sensitive standpoint. Yesterday's not quick enough. And I think a lot of the do-it-yourself platforms really do that. So Zappi is, is got, um, I think, a head start and they're a great company. Um, and they built some terrific partnerships, so I was included. And I think that's the future. I think that that's really where it's going. And you're going to hear a lot of hoopla about um, a lot of clients building storefronts and a lot of companies coming out and having some platforms such as Zappy as well. And that's really where it's going to be headed the next, I don't know, three, four, five years for sure. 
What's interesting, because I, I definitely agree with you. I think people want it faster, quicker to be able to enable decisions because obviously their their businesses have to be managed in a, in a, at a rate and pace that's much faster as well. What I find interesting is there's there seems to be a gap of some sort as it relates to kind of the higher level analysis or consultation, which we're seeing, right. you know, management consulting companies to a certain degree fitting that, you know, maybe a little bit a layer above in terms of integrating business strategy into all of that. But that market still does exist. Would you, would you agree with that? I totally agree with that. And I think that two, two things, if clients are going to continue to use do-it-yourself platforms, they're going to need that analysis. They're going to need that consultation. So are they going to go to Bain? They're going to go to McKenzie. If they do, shame on the insights, right? Industry. Yes. yes. That means that companies such as mine and Lieberman and all the other large research insight companies out there haven't done their job. If we have, that work will come to us. So in reality, I think we're, you know, if they're going to need companies to come in and 100% do consulting and talk at a marketing level and integrate that and, 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 and actually help them move that forward within their enterprise. And that's something that the industry and the insights companies within it haven't really done in the past. But I think we're going to be asked to do that. And if we're not, then that business is going to go elsewhere and it's going to go to the McKenzie's and the Baines and all the other consulting companies. I think you're 100% right. And it's a hard shift. I mean, I think we've spent a lot of time and I've talked about this before, kind of putting the research together. And now it's about really, you know, that's becoming automated. It's, it's like these storefronts, you know, that stuff is, is being done in a much more cost-effective manner and it can be pro- automatic and you don't really need a lot of hand-holding. So the shift of those resources is, is a little bit difficult, right? In terms of saying, all of a sudden we're going to be, you know, we're going to be stewards of research, but now we're also going to be business consultants. How do you navigate that shift within your own company? I think it's hard. Yeah. I think it's really, really hard because, you know, you're trying to run a business and move the the enterprise forward and you're trying to be forward thinking and you're trying to shift your business a little bit towards what is going to happen in the future. But you've also got to navigate through what's happening today. And obviously, you know, we're in business to satisfy clients' needs. We want to deliver great insight. But the bottom line is we want to have profitable business and we want to make sure that we can, you know, those profits are sustainable for for years and decades to come. I mean, Mark's been around since 1965. I want it to be around for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of more years. And if we don't, if we're not able to navigate that correctly, we won't be. And unfortunately, there's a lot of bad things happening to a lot of companies because the balance between today and tomorrow, you can't minimize that. Seeming. It is the biggest challenge ever. It's one thing to know where the industry is going. It's another thing to position your Titanic of a company to get there. And it's not easy at all. It's not easy at all. Yeah. One of my roles, I remember somebody coming up to me and saying, you know, it's really hard to balance like the long-term vision versus the short-term needs. And somebody, you know, we all kind of said, that's management, that's leadership. But it does, it feels a little bit harder just because you put this layer of speed on top of it. And so it's kind of like before there might've been a little bit of time um, or it felt like it was, you know, more manageable. And now it's just being 
on top of your game in terms of being under, understanding where the future is going and, and navigating the Titanic, if you will, um, in terms of steering that way. Totally agree. So, I mean, Mark's been successful. You guys have been around for over 50 years. That's amazing. Um, not many companies can say that. What do you think the secret of the company's longevity is? Wow. Start with luck. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's it's interesting when I when I think about Mark Research, right? Yes. Um, and I'm I was born and raised in the industry and started as an interviewer. So many, 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 many years ago. And not only did interviewing seem, but I started as a door-to-door interviewing. That's how old I am. In fact, I interviewed I think nine species of T-Rexes. That's how old I really am. <laughs> um, but, I, but I started as an interviewer. So I did telephone interviewing and I did door-to-door and I did mm-hmm. more intercepts. I did all of that stuff. And back in the day, it's interesting because for me growing up on the East Coast, Yankelovich was my big company, right? It was my it company. And in the Midwest, it was more of Walker, um, you know, that company in Indianapolis. And in the West, it was Mark Research. And it's interesting because the only of the three that are still kind of around with that same name is Mark. And I think when I look back at kind of the evolution of the company, I mean, we started in 65. In the 80s, we were a publicly held company. In 99, um, Omnicom, which is one of the largest holding companies in the world, bought Mark. And then last year, you know, I transacted the company from Omnicom. So I bought the company. And it's kind of interesting to see the evolution of this company because goals um, and, and objectives change. With each one of those. I mean, look, at the end of the day, if you're a public health company, you've got to increase shareholder value, right? Yep. And if we're with Omnicom, it's the same thing. But now we're making tremendous investments for the future. Short term, does that mean our profits? Well, absolutely. But that's a decision that I can make and our leadership can make. And it's a little bit different than it was under, under Omnicom's. Not better, not worse, just different. And the reality for me is, you know, when you talk about longevity, um, it's relevancy. You've got to be relevant, right? And I think you've got to be relevant to th- in three buckets. First of all, you've got to be relevant to clients. You've got to change with them. And the companies that change right now to meet client demands are going to be the most successful. Okay? So you've got to stay focused on the business. You've got to really stay close to your clients You've got to make sure that you introduce new products and new services that clients are going to buy. How many times have you heard, oh, I introduced this new product and this new service. Okay, great. How's it going? Well, we haven't sold it yet. Well, how long have you been at it? Well, I don't know, 17 months? Well, no, that just doesn't work. So, you know, we introduce products now and our Zappy product, we had our first client in less than a week. Ding, ding, ding. That means we built something. Yeah, we built something that was to last and we built something with a partner that we we really respect. And we did, you know, we built that product and did what's called a hackathon very quickly. We had 21 people in the middle of nowhere in Texas from, I think there was 13 different countries, different ages. And we built a product in six days that would have taken us probably nine months to do. So I think it's staying relevant to to clients. We're we're doing different things. We have a tool called Acumax that 
is an assessment tool. So basically, it takes less than three minutes to take a quick survey. It's two questions. And we match that up to our clients. So it's an assessment because everybody communicates a little bit different. Everybody is integrated within their company. Client needs are a little bit different. So we take this with some of our clients and we put together a team when we land. Like we just landed a, an account yesterday, a major financial institution in the United States. Just huge, humongous. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate that. But, but you know, we've got a few people who are going to be working on it and we've got to fill in some gaps by matching our client, our new client, um, their their survey, their assessment to some of our team members to find out, okay, which is the best project manager for this particular client? Because everybody's different. So I think that's the first thing. You got to stay relevant with clients. The second thing is you got to stay relevant with your staff. Right. Okay. Yep. Which is, which is a funny bit, right? Because a lot of people they just don't do that. So what we do here is, and I'm very much into culture. So we actually have a dialogue team. It's a three person team that tests the culture of our company five or six times a year. We actually send out a survey to everybody and those results, we do a business update every month. Those results are actually delivered at the monthly update by the dialogue team even more than that, and to add authenticity to it, I don't see the results. Our leadership doesn't see the results until we're in the meeting and they're presenting it. There's no heads up. There's no, oh, here's the top line. There's none of that. So I'm seeing it for the first time. And look, at the end of the day, you're crossing your fingers. Like, please, please have these numbers go up. Please have these numbers go up. Please. You know, because you're asking very pointed questions. Do you believe in the leadership of this company? Have the leadership have has the leadership team of this company communicated effectively what the strategy is? And you're sitting in this meeting and you're like, <laughs> please, please go up. But thankfully, we've done a really good job and we've worked really hard at it. So I think relevancy within the staff is really, really critical. And we work hard to, you know, I remember being a president of a company in Philadelphia with Tom Brashad and I Brent bit in the 90s and I would say oh you know we're going to give these as you know as as contests and we're going to give these gifts you know incentives and and they looked at me and they're like one of the people who reported to me looked at me and she said yeah nobody wants that stuff I'm like what are you talking about <laughs> what do you mean nobody wants to go to a Philadelphia Eagle game no that's what I wanted they wanted music. they wanted something else they wanted an iPod back in the day right so we put together a fun committee so we actually you know every month here or in some of our other offices they'll have an event. So it could be grilled cheese day. It could be pajama round. You know, we just do all this stuff and we give, give something back. So we've got that going on. We also, this past year, I sent one of our staff members to the annual meeting for Berkshire Hathaway. So they got to see and listen to Charlie Munger, Warren Buffett firsthand um, there. And, and this year coming up, I'm actually going to go to the, um, Amazon annual meeting with Jeff Bezos. And um, it's in May of, of 2020. Again, there's only a couple hundred people who get to do that. Um, and because they don't announce the date and stuff like that, anybody can go, but they only get a couple hundred people that do. So doing different things like that, we also, you know, we get a lot of client feedback, like a lot of companies do. Well, what do you do with that feedback? A lot of companies don't do anything. 
we actually put it on our business update. I share it with the team. I share it with the company. And we chalk the walls here and we chalk the columns. So I have those quotes that are very relevant, that are very real, that are very timely on these chalked walls. So when people come in, they can read them. People love that stuff. So, so I think it's, it's that type of stuff from within the company, you know, and it's, it tends to be, you know, very authentic. You know, we're doing puzzles right now. I think our new puzzle is a Dallas or New York city or something like that. So we just do a lot of different stuff and it seems to really work. We do a year end video and I came out of a meeting and I was so excited. And I said to my assistant, I said, KVD, I've got, I've got an idea for the, for the year end video. And they put together a committee of five or six people. And again, I didn't see it until the final, until everybody else did. And she said, you know, and I said, you know, I've got this idea. I want to do this, this, this in a final video. And she said, yeah, yeah, that's great, Meryl. No, we're not going to be able to work that in this year. <laughs> and, but think about it, right? Right. She, she, she's saying no to the president CEO. And, and my takeaway wasn't, she wasn't disrespectful. She did it in a great way. But I love the fact that she felt at ease enough to say no. Right. And I was in, I was in Greensboro a couple weeks ago and a guy named Jim Harper, we were talking and he was so excited because he said, you know, I'm taking this online course on AI and I'm going to, I'm going to do this and I've learned this already. And, and it just, I, 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 I wanted to just reach across and give him the biggest hug because that's what we want. We want people to feel that they can do whatever they need to within the company, within the enterprise and share what they learned. We didn't tell him to do that. He just felt it upon his needs. So you've got this authenticity within the company. That's, that's really, really great. And, you know, we do look, we have summer hours on Fridays. So from, you know, we get off at one o'clock on Fridays, we work a little extra Monday through Thursday from Memorial day to labor day. We're doing a mission trip. We're taking six people, um, to Haiti for Jim Bryson's school. He created he created a um, the Joseph School a number of years ago. So there's a number of research companies that are going to seek research and us are going in November. So we're really excited about that. So I think relevancy to the clients, the staff, and then most important, well, as important, the industry. You know, the, the industry we work in, Seema, is really impressive and you need people to step up. So, you know, you know, we're being really connected and involved in the industry. So it's you know, Alice Butler, who's involved with the Southwest chapter on a national level. You got Janet Savoy, you know, Sherry Beatty, Randy Walls involved, Jonathan Hook, Ron R. Rob Arnett, you know, myself. I mean, it's it's not one or two people driving this. It's double digits. It's 10, 12 people doing this that are involved in the industry. We're also on all the major MSMR programs. So whether it's Georgia or UTA or Wisconsin or Michigan State, um, you know, we're aware of all of those MSMR programs. In fact, I'm chairing Michigan State next year. So I think it's giving something back um, and, 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 and just being relevant yeah. to those three buckets, I think has really, really helped us. Well, and I think in that whole process, you probably learned so much, right? As a, and oh, yeah. that probably oh, yeah. fuels not just short-term, but long-term strategy as well, which is, which is really important as well. So, so you talk a lot about um, people and investing in culture. Yeah. What, 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 are the, what, are the ty- what are the attributes that you look for when you hire people? Is there a certain, obviously you can't all be the same. I mean, you also said you match people to clients, but what are those 
kind of core attributes that each person must have to, to be able to be part of the team? I think that's a great question. Um, a lot of it is hard to measure that I look, that I look for. Um, um, you know, the, the, the cute answer is, as you know, I'm from Boston, so they got to be a diehard Red Sox, Patriots, Celtics, Bruins fan. But notwithstanding, actually, one of the closest people with me in the company is, is Jenny Lovejoy, who's, who's a diehard New York Yankee fan, which is, which is hysterical. She has a, a different Yankee shirt. She has like 280 <laughs> shirts that she wears. I mean, it's ridiculous. That's funny. Every day. I mean, she's such a diehard. Uh, but I think that for me, look, everybody wants to, you know, the standard is, oh, I really want to hire somebody smart. I want to hire somebody who is very numbers oriented. And I want to hire somebody who's a good communicator. Okay, great. Um, I think for me, you have to be inquisitive. You have to be passionate. You have to have a good work ethic. Um, those things are really hard to see. But one thing I do, nobody gets hired at Mark without meeting me. In fact, we're flying in from the East Coast that we're, we're really excited about. Um, and the team, most of the team has already met her. But I, I have a, what I'll call Merrillisms. I'm not hiring anybody until I meet them. And the reality is that um, she's flying in. I want to make sure she's going to fit in the culture. It's an important position, blah, blah, blah. But one of the things that I, will, that I do, that I probably will do next week with her, is... Um, do you know what a Sudoku is? Oh yes. You know the Sudoku's? Okay. Yeah, they're fun. So I've been so I've been known to pull out a Sudoku and hand it to somebody and say, Hey, um, I'll be back in five minutes. Can you can you work on this for the next five minutes? Okay. Or I'll pull out the peg game. Do you remember when you go to Cracker Barrel and you know the what the peg game? Yep. Which I still struggle to get to one. I can't get to two, but not to one. But so the reality is I'll pull that out. Now, why do I do that? Am I bored? Can I not? Can I not think of it on a question or two or five or ten to ask them? Why would I do that? And the reason I do that is this: because most people come to their day and they have a plan. I'm going to call this client in the morning. Twenty minutes later, I'm going to have this meeting as a project manager, and then after that. I'll do lunch. And then after that, I got to get these two proposals out to these two financial services. You know, they have a plan, right? Research isn't like that. So when she comes to the interview, she's got a plan. The reality is there's so many distractions in our business. There are so many uh, twists and turns and pulling out a Sudoku is one of them. I'm not looking for their answers to be right. What I'm looking for is their reaction. Do they still show energy? when they're sitting in front of me and I've just kind of said, Oh my God, what's he doing? I Why threw you for a loop. This? Yeah, exactly. I threw you for a loop. Right. Yep. Do you have energy? Are you saying, yeah, how do I do this again? Do they get nervous? Do they just, you know what I mean? So yeah. that's the reason. So when we think about what do I hire for? I hire for inquisitive. I like people who are very team oriented. I played a lot of sports growing up and I'm looking for people who, um, who have that energy and who can, can navigate through twists and turns. But what's changed for me in the past three or four years, you have to be social-minded. You have to understand the social sites. You know, what's Twitter? What's the value? Instagram? You know, all of that. But also, you've got to understand marketing a little bit. 
Because if you're hiring just pure researchers and they don't understand marketing, I think you're going to end up having the wrong staff down the road. And I think you're going to be pigeonholed. Yeah. Especially because we just talked about that, that space where our industry needs to evolve to. Exactly. Thanks for joining in for part one with my chat with Meryl Duprow. Don't forget to listen in to part two, where we talk a little bit more about what's going on in the industry, as well as any advice that Meryl has for executives in the insight space. Stay tuned. Thank you for tuning in to Data Guru's podcast. This episode has ended, but your exploration doesn't have to. Head over to www.dataguruspodcast.com and access all the resources and links mentioned in today's show. You'll also find bonus content available to our podcast listeners exclusively. That's www.dataguruspodcast.com. Until next time, be bold, be brave, and be fearless.